Welcome to Bachelorette Party. I'm Julia Littman. It's only the second episode of Rachel's season. Boy, was this a doozy. There's so much to get into. There's uh, Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher appearing, plus Kareem Abdul-Jabbar appearing. So much star power for one episode. It's hard to believe. Um, plus Rachel being just a badass bitch. I fucking love her. <laughs> and it's just a lot, a lot to dig into. My guest today is my ringer colleague, Hannah Georges, who is our one of our uh, culture editors and oversees special projects. Hi, Hannah. Hello, hello. How's it going? Good. Thank you for joining me. I'm incredibly excited to talk about this episode. The Bachelorette is not as popular as The Bachelor. It's just a factor. It's just a fact because I think the men like to watch for all of the like crazy women on The Bachelor. Some of them drop off to The Bachelorette, but they're missing out if they're not watching because this week's episode was ridiculous. It's No, it's incredible, and I think that people deeply underestimate how entertaining it is to watch that much masculine drama unfold. Oh, my God. I know. It really is pretty unbelievable. Um, we are going to count down the five most shocking turns of events on this week's episode, and I, I think people might take issue with my rankings, but what's the point of rankings if you don't do them this way, you know? <laughs> um, we're going to get into all of it, and most importantly, we're going to talk about Demario, who probably had the biggest storyline of the show but i don't i don't think what happened with him was the most shocking um so i'm just gonna say number five the fifth most shocking thing that happened this week was demario supposedly having a girlfriend and definitely being very shady yeah i don't think that was surprising at all when she said his name i was like oh okay of course yeah like well who who else was it gonna be really (laughs) i know so someone had to have a girlfriend because that's how this show goes like there's gotta be someone with a um what I like to call a GBH, a girl back home. Um, <laughs> and for Demario, it's not even back home because he is from Century City. Or that's where, he, that's where his Chiron said he's from. But Hannah, you're from Southern California. Have you ever met anyone who's from Century City? Absolutely not. I'm actually firmly convinced that Century City doesn't really exist. It's just it's just a creation of, of the Hollywood system because it houses like CAA and a very good mall. Have you ever been to that mall? I absolutely have not, but I think next time I come back, I might have to know. <laughs> um, it has a really good movie theater, and I was there on a Friday evening a few years ago, and I was like, wow, this is like, this is what the like Los Angeles youth do, is they just go to the mall and <laughs> hang out on Fridays. It was hilarious, and I, I like to imagine DeMario like, being from, from near there or something like that. Um, I did some digging on DeMario, because I was convinced that the Century City thing was because he worked at CAA, because that's like the, mm-hmm. the main thing of Century City is that that's where CAA is, right? Um, they named well, it like Avenue of the Stars or something like that. <laughs> what did you find in your investigative journalism? Thanks for asking. So I went to his LinkedIn page, and most importantly... He went to FITM, the Fashion Institute of Design Merchandising, from 2005 okay. to 2009. All right, solidly f- respectable. I'm. Are you familiar with FITM? I am. I believe. Isn't that where Heidi... It was one of... Somebody on the Hills? Yes, exactly. Like, Lauren okay. and Heidi were going there in season one of the yes. Hills. Well, okay. First of all, shout out to me for being more loyal to Heidi than to Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> are you a Heidi girl? Is that something I should I'm know about I'm not you? a Heidi girl, but I feel like I know more about uh, more about her than I ever did about Lauren because I read that extensive profile mm. of her and Ste- Spencer written by our dear colleague, Andrew Gridadaro, yes. back when he was at Complex. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Heidi is like at this point more interesting, though. Lauren is certainly more rich. Lauren is like very wealthy. First of all, she was obviously rich to begin with. And second of all... She has like her Kohl's apparel empire. She's written like several YA novels. She has Wait, she writes novels? Yes, the YA novels. They're all called okay, like I might candy. Have to read them. It's like LA <laughs> candy, secret candy. I don't know. It, the, she has all these novels and then she um 
has like a line of clothing that like anthropology clo- uh, carries. And then I don't know. She just like she's killing it. But okay, anyway, so she's still out here. What'd you say? So she's still out here. Let's she go. She is. Were you a Hills fan? Um, no, I was all OC. Laguna Beach and the Hills didn't do it for me. Really? So you just you liked the OC, the television show, though? Yes, okay. absolutely. And that is not entirely because I'm from Orange County, but uh, you know, it figures in heavily. Sure. I mean, the OC is one of, one of the season one of the OC is like one of the best episodes, one of the best seasons of television of all time. But I digress. Anyway, back to Demario. He went to fit him at the same time as Lauren and Heidi. Um, and I just like to imagine them like walking past each other in school or something like that. Just plotting assorted <laughs> shenanigans. Yes. <laughs> Maybe this is all Heidi's idea, actually. That would be amazing. If this somehow Sp- uh, Spencer was behind this, Heidi and Spencer. Yeah. He I'm def- going to write that fan fiction. Let's that's, go. That's a great idea. Maybe, and maybe like Lauren can like do a um, ghost writing for you and get it published. <laughs> Just an idea. Um, anyway, this is all to say that DeMario did not work at CAA. He worked at a company called Michael Page, which is just an uh, executive recruiting company. Or a recruiting company. So that's like... You know, he, he I, I was imagining he was in-house, which is, this is like a lot, a lot less glitzy, but sure, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. He also worked at Lacoste at one point as an assistant general manager. And I like to imagine that he still has like a lot of old Lacoste clothing that he's, that he's wearing. And his I, I would that. I could see him just strolling around, taking his various Lacoste polos to this woman's home where he allegedly has keys still. Okay. Great. Okay. Thank you for bringing up the keys. <laughs> okay. So, Demario, in case you forget, he was the one who was like really into pop culture on his bio. He's like referenced Justin and Britney, and he just always has like a saying, which which was like kind of annoying. Were you into him before this this um, whole episode, this whole situation with his ex happened? I felt very neutral about this man. He struck me as somebody who like he wasn't one of the people that I was like get this person off of my screen but I wasn't rooting for him either. Right. Not that I'm rooting for a huge group of people on the show but you know. <laughs> Are you rooting for anyone? Um, I think I like what's the dude who was the camp counselor who went to the camp? That's kind of weird but I kind of like him. He's a little charming. Kenny sort of. Peter. You know it's a couple, there are a couple on here that I don't hate. Interesting. Okay we'll come back to that. Um, anyway Demario was annoying but or just to me and like fine to you and then this week he like really took center stage. Even before they got to his group date you just knew he was going to get a lot of screen time because they showed yes. him around the house like hanging out with Josiah talking about how a, women just love to watch their men play basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, sure, I, I guess. Know, and that's the thing. The way, when he said it, it sounded so bad. But it is kind of true. I do not I do love to watch men play basketball. <laughs> right. It's not. <laughs> well, I think he has an, an incredible power to make things that are actually normal statements sound strange and unappealing. Which should have foreshadowed, perhaps, what was going to happen. That's but, a really you know. good point. Like, every if you, like, just acknowledge his actual words, nothing is that crazy. But the way he delivers them and how he strings them together is offensive. Absolutely. Basically. So what happened this week was um, they have a group date where they play basketball. And um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is there. More on that in a minute. <laughs> and Demario's really excited. He dunks on Rachel. If you had to, like, think of one way to win over a woman on a basketball court, how, wh- where would you rank dunking on her? That's got to be pretty far down uh, on the list. Totally. Also, it's really like dangerous. That, that's, not, that's not ideal. I feel like you can just perform well, you know, 
yeah make some points cute like whatever but don't dunk on me dunk on someone else <laughs> no dunk on like one of the other dudes that's exactly. the point like instead of just doing a verbal dunk dunk on them which is usually what they have to do like you actually get to dunk on them it's amazing <laughs> um okay so they're playing basketball and then at the end some woman uh, at the end of the date this woman who comes up to rachel and i don't recall her name did we ever learn her name something like nikki for some reason i thought it was alexa lexi oh lexi was it there we go (laughs) something like that okay great um i swear i did a lot of research about this episode but neglected to learn her name um so lexi comes up to rachel and she's like i know demario and we were dating until last week and we're just i've mentioned this before but Demario showed up on the after the final rose and was probably cast like just a few weeks before filming began. So it is quite plausible that while they're still in his um, supposed hometown of Los Angeles, he was like with Lexi, the GF, the last week or whatever. Um, and Rachel's in disbelief. And then she goes back to get Demario to have him confront Lexi. And uh, I want to just go line by line through what Demario, <laughs> some of Demario's best quotes in the Lexi situation. Okay, so Demario sees Lexi, his supposed ex, and what is his first reaction, Hannah? Oh, who, who's this? He just said, who's this? Who's this? <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> just. It's pretty unbelievable. Like, when you first see someone you know, like, even if you can't place them, would you ever say, who's this? Like, ne- pretending to never know them? Absolutely not. Never in my adult life have I said... Who is this about a human being that I have met several times, let alone dated? Let alone so dated. So exactly. that was incredible. I was like, you're not even going to say, like, not even an awkward hi, nothing, just a who's this. Like, explain this to me. It was, I fully expected him to do the wow. Yeah. But, you know. Or even, like, walk away or, like, pretend right. to trip or, like, tie your shoe. Buy some time. <laughs> yeah. Just give yourself a little a little bit to, like, get, get to her or something. <laughs> So then uh, Rachel explains who she is and what she's doing there because he pretends to not know who, she, who Lexi is. And Demario says, and I quote, I don't use these words lightly. He says, this girl is psycho. I met her many, many times ago. I met her a long time ago. <laughs> um, at the ringer, we refrain from calling people psycho and crazy because that's just like a, not a, a nice thing to say. From a man who you supposedly were involved with, that's like a pretty hurtful thing to say, actually. Right. Absolutely. I also have a quick question about what many times ago means. Like, how, what unit of measure is a time? That's a really like good how point. How are we quantifying that? Exactly. Like, many, many times ago is not a normal construction. And no. that, that, like, means that he, like, catalogs all of their interactions or something. I don't, I don't really understand. I don't, I don't know. He was, he was grasping for stuff. And then... Then they they like move forward and they're and they're trying to understand you know what happened and Rachel's asking him questions like, well, when was the last time you saw her? Is she telling the truth? And he says, well, "This is personal you, life stuff. Like I'm and, not yeah. you're, not personal life stuff. Personal <laughs> life stuff. <laughs> so again, like what is life stuff? And also what." Well, how is that not relevant if it's about his personal life or any life stuff when presumably Rachel would be entering his personal life and life stuff? Exactly. And in fact, she said to him, I know this is personal life stuff. I'm trying to talk about personal life. Like she he was going personal life hyphen stuff stuff, and she was saying personal (laughs) hyphen life stuff. And uh, I would like to say that he lost that. Semantics are very important on this show in punctuation. You know, it tells you it tells you so much. (laughs) Doesn't surprise me that a smart girl like Rachel would agree 
Absolutely. And that's what somebody said. Somebody said later on in the show that she's, you know, an attorney. Like, this is not, you're not going to just toss this logical fallacy slash non-word slash non-phrase onto the table and expect it to fly, buddy. I know. You you have to do better. She's smart. I love Rachel. Um, He goes on to say, we had something, but then I lost it. And then in in reference to if they were still communicating, he said, I tried to wean it off. (laughs) She was texting, but I tried to cut it off full. And then she was like, actually, you have the keys to my apartment. And he responded. I don't have the keys to your apartment. Oh, wait, actually, I'm sorry. I I mailed those keys to your apartment. Oh, did you? I mailed those keys. I mailed the keys to your apartment. I I just let that sink in for a second. I mailed the keys to your apartment. (laughs) Um, Hannah. Sir, sir, just explain the logistics of that to me. When's the last time you mailed something? You know what? The only thing I mail is my rent regularly, and I still feel annoyed about that. Me too. That I can't do that online. Me too. In fact, I have to like mail my rent today, and there's a post office, there's like a mailbox right by the office, and I still like find it to be such an imposition. Like, who mails stuff? It's it's ridiculous. I think that we're in 2017. There's no reason to be doing these things. Also, why are you mailing keys Keys? to a woman? I know whose keys you had. Seriously, at least give me you know do me the courtesy of bringing the keys by my doorstep, even if you don't come on inside. Whatever. I also want to say that I think you'd need a bubble mailer to effectively mail keys, which right. is just like a huge imposition. Right. And he doesn't strike me as a kind of man who would spring for a bubble mailer. No. Unless he like stole it from his office. It wouldn't be stealing, <laughs> but like just took one. But mailing know, keys thanks. is objectively more difficult than like just dropping the keys off if you're in the same city. Absolutely. And it costs more money. It does cost more money. Like mailing Ridiculous. keys is like at least $2. Right. So now we know DeMario is fiscally irresponsible. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I was, I was like, I know that you were really floored at the who's this. The I mailed the keys to your apartment really got me. <laughs> no, who's this just really opened him up. It just started everything off on the right foot for me. Was, by right, I mean entirely wrong. Yeah. It, it, it did tell you, like, who he is, though. It gave you a good sense, you know? So then they move forward uh, this, with this heated conversation. And um, she, Rachel's like, so when did you last speak? And Rachel's like, if I look at her phone, will it match what you're saying? And DeMario says, it depends on the dates. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. And then, lastly, before Rachel looks at the phone, he finally um, says, we've had sexual intercourse before. (laughs) Thanks, Bill Clinton. Um, I mean, sexual intercourse? Like, I don't know. I don't think I've heard that phrase outside of health class in a while. So thank you for that, Demario. A little throwback here. I know. But what's going on? Why? Also, who needed that specific detail? We understood what was going on here. I know. Like even the phrase like "we've had sex" is like, or like "we had sex," like they had sex. It's like just like feels very like school marm to me. Although I I will say I say that quite often. But it just doesn't sound like normal. It just I don't know. It was that stuck out as well. It's also just like. Is now really the time to be 100% forthcoming? Like, you could have gone with a euphemism here. That would have been fine. That's true. But you could have been like, yeah, we were involved. Like, yeah. Right. We all know what the deal is. It's okay. Absolutely. Also, it kind of seems like a win for her lawyering because after a few minutes, she got him to own up to it. And it's sort of like her cross-examination worked. (laughs) It was yet another win for Rachel, basically. Absolutely, as everything is. Absolutely. So then ultimately, this culminates... And Rachel pulling one of the best moves in the history of The Bachelorette. Let's roll a clip. So let me tell you something. I'm not here to be played. I'm not here to be made a joke of, which is what I feel like you're doing right now with me. So I'm really going to need you to get the f*** out. Just incredible. Incredible. That was just unreal. Like, that is, I would say, a top five Bachelorette moment. How how long have you been watching this show, Hannah? 
I feel like I would watch episodes here and there of the other seasons, and this is the only season I really committed myself to watching all the way through. Like uh-huh. I insist on knowing who wins this thing and watching every episode live if I can. Nice. But normally it's just you know a little here and there. Sure. Well, I think that this is like. This whole interaction is, like, just unparalleled. There's certainly been, like, exes who show up or whatever, but Lexi was very comfortable talking to the camera. Like, she, at one point, she, clearly, Rachel and Demario, like, had, like, walked off or something, and she's just looking straight at the camera and saying, like, like she's just, like, explaining what's happening and like, is really, um sassy it's almost like she had practiced or something or oh yeah been on tv before. she was excited she was excited to be there like yeah. normally the whole woman to woman situation is very drawn out it's kind of sad it's whatever on you know on the show and also on others but she was ready for her time to shine yeah she really was and she just um she was ready for it and she owned it she got to mario out of there it was it was pretty wild i was <laughs> i was watching paint, it back sorry i'm so sorry what'd you say i said she got him out the paint if you will yeah I'm so sorry. nice <laughs> You're really ready for the NBA Finals, Hannah. Huh? I could tell. I um, time. So I noticed after I've, well, I rewatched the Demario situation like five times, and um, I noticed that at a certain point after Rachel tells Demario to get the fuck out of there, both Rachel and Lexi. By the way, we never confirmed that's her name, but we're just going with it. <laughs> Rachel and Lexi both grab at the the top center of their pants, like in the back. Um, both of them very very specifically and like while it's i think very natural for many women to like grab their jeans or whatever when they stand up this seemed like they were turning off their mics or turning their mics back on or something mm. and i'm i'm pretty sure there was something edited out that we didn't get and i'm just i'm i don't know what it was i feel like we got a lot but they both in a very specific way were like grabbing it like where the mic pack would be and mm-hmm. it, it just i'm it's a motion i'm familiar with because um nba coaches do it a lot in the middle of games when they don't want the cameras to pick up what they're saying to their teams um and i was like huh that's interesting i wonder i wonder what they're talking about there um so I, I'm curious what got cut out, but like we got so much and like it was so right. amazing. What could possibly have been left out? Right. And what I, else is there? And I don't even mind. Like I don't even need to know what's on that underground. Oh no, 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 no. It was it was enough. I was like gloriously entertained, and I look forward to any and all follow up of this. But. I know. I really want Demario to come on this podcast. I'm trying hard. Oh I'm my gonna, god. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna stalk him until it works out. I just want to go to Century City. Yeah, seriously. Well, now I know where he works. Although. If one of our colleagues was like, hey, I'm taking three months off, I'll be back, and then it, we found out they were on The Bachelor, like, A, we'd be excited because this is The Ringer, but like, right. could you ever look at them the same way again? I would have a lot of questions, and I feel like at that point, you would just have to submit yourself to some of those questions, at least. Yeah. Like, that's not fair. Yeah. I mean, I would ask a million questions, but like, let's say also we were like headhunting, and like, Demario turned out to be the person like assigned to our account to like help us fill a position. Like, how could you take him, <laughs> how could you take him seriously? <laughs> Yeah, you're already laughing at the thought right. of it. And to, well, to what extent is it fair to not take him seriously? I'm like, well, you've been shown to not be trustworthy, and you tell lies, but does that show up in your professional life? I don't know. Right. I know. I know, Long but it's just like, room. just know too much about Demario. Oh, absolutely. I feel like with with coworkers, like after a certain period of time, you like you learn a lot. But it's like one of the one of the few relationships where you just kind of like go in blind and like just have to accept it. And with someone who was on TV, like you would just have so much extra information that you didn't really deserve to have. It'd be right. I don't think I could and I could not, deal with it. Oh no, no no definitely. And it's not fair because they don't have that on you presumably. Right. You know unless you have a whole you know staff of people who happen to be on TV. Totally. Which, there's so much more to discuss. Uh, we've gotten to Mario mostly out of the way. Let me tell you about <laughs> Hotel Tonight, and then we'll get back into it. 
If you're like me and you're not so great at planning ahead, I've got good news for you. There's this awesome app called Hotel Tonight that helps you find amazing hotel deals at the last minute. It sounds counterintuitive, but unlike flights, hotel rates usually get cheaper at the last minute. And Hotel Tonight helps hotels sell their unsold rooms, allowing them to pass those deals along to you. These aren't last resort places. They're actually cool, top-rated hotels you'd want to stay in. And with so many awesome partner hotels in tons of different cities, Hotel Tonight can help you find a great hotel almost anywhere. It's perfect for a spontaneous getaway or finally going on that trip you've been wanting to take for a while. In fact, I was in New Orleans not too long ago and ended up at a truly horrible hotel. And thank you, Hotel Tonight came to my rescue. I was able to get an awesome room at a, like a truly nice Marriott Courtyard. I really recommend it if you're staying in New Orleans. And then I had an excellent, excellent time. Even though the app's name is Hotel Tonight, you can book up in a, week, in a week in advance in case you're not in a situation like me. So all it takes is just 10 seconds and three taps and a swipe, and you're, you're there. So get in on these killer last-minute deals and download the Hotel Tonight app now. Okay, Demario dominated this episode, but there's really a lot more that I want to dip into. Um, namely, Rachel did a series of other stunning things that I'm still not over, including how she was with Dean. Dean was on the group date. He was on the date that uh, I believe Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher appeared on, which was the husband material yes. competition. He did not win. Um, would you like to explain what happened on this challenge, Hannah? Because I would love to hear your interpretation. <laughs> it's, not, it wasn't, it's not even a challenge. I mean, that's using the wrong it, terminology. But yeah, tell us what happened. It was like uh, like if you made home economics a relay race. Exactly. I think that's, that's what this would be. <laughs> that's a perfect way of putting it. And it was Thank judged you. by Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher. Which, incredible, first of all. like their, their commentary about that being their date and their one-on-one was, first of all, adorable, secondly, hilarious. I know. Um, but the, how many of it was, like five of the men had to do all sorts of home-related things to prove that they were husband material, um, because Rachel swears that she's wife material, which I believe. Oh, yeah, um, definitely. But they had to change a diaper of, like, a doll um, also, weirdly, the poop of the baby doll situation was censored. Yeah, that was so <laughs> bizarre. <laughs> like, there are a lot of things on this show that are strange and might benefit from censoring, but I don't know that I would have picked that personally. Anyway, there was that. They had to, va- you know, go down a long uh, track sort of thing with a vacuum cleaner with the baby attached to them in a baby Bjorn situation. Um, set a table perfectly. It was bizarre. It was a lot. There was a lot going on. It was like being a dad while running a relay race, but not really being a dad because it's a um, a doll, a baby doll, not a real baby. It was so ridiculous. Um, Dean did not win. Waboom won. Which Waboom is, should not have won. No. Kenny should have won. Kenny, Kenny sh- the actual father. I know. And Kenny did do the best, right? He and, did. And yeah. then Waboom came and stiff-armed him uh, toward the end Somehow and claimed Ashton the title. missed that. I feel like they caught it and Ashton really wanted his time to speak or to be a guest about Wapoom in general. And you know what? I'll allow that. Okay. That's fair enough. Also, I want to say that um, my number four most stunning thing about this episode is that I now really like Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis as a couple. They seem like fun and normal. And like you said, they were they were like making funny jokes about how this was like their one-on-one because they had left their own baby home with Mila's parents. Mm-hmm. And like they just, they clearly were wearing their own clothes. They didn't like go through like... They're probably wearing makeup for the cameras, but, like, it wasn't, like, they were so fancy. I don't know. They just seemed, like, really cool and normal. And now I think I need to put them in my top three of celebrity couples. Wait, who are the other two? Uh, number one is is uh, David Benioff and Amanda Peet. I just, like, okay, okay. I just love them so much. Um, 
I don't know, like Armila and Ashton number two. Like no one else is really <laughs> jumping out at me as number one. I mean, has have any other couples been on The Bachelorette? Mm, great point. Right. No competition. Yeah. Like and, the, and the way they got into it was because Jared, who was on um, two seasons ago, was um, people said he looked like Ashton Kutcher, which he did not, but whatever. And that's how they started watching. And now they're really into it. And like clearly they sought this out because I don't think The Bachelorette would be like, you know, it'd be great to get Mila and Ashton on the show. So like they're right. like, obviously don't take themselves too seriously. Um, I thought that Ashton looked like he had a little bit of a dad bod in a very endearing way. Definitely, definitely. Did you catch that? I did. I was like, okay, that's a kind of medium shirt for the situation that's happening here. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not mad at it. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just really liked them. They seemed cool and like fairly normal. I obviously she's already like been like the cool internet girl, but this mostly I always liked her and I love Sarah Marshall, but mostly this turned me pro on him, which I didn't know could happen. Absolutely same. I also appreciate that they said that Rachel is looking for, at the beginning of the race, they said Rachel's looking for a man who has health insurance. How many of you have jobs? How many of you have health insurance? <laughs> and at, when I went back and rewatched this, I noticed that Dean did not raise his hand. Really? <laughs> no. Oh, shit. He's also, bless his heart, is 25, right? Yeah, he is 25. Okay. All right. So, well, you know, it happens. Yeah. So, Dean winning the group date, Rose, was like is number three. Like, I just didn't see that coming for a lot of reasons. You kind of started to get into it because he is 25 and Rachel's 32. And while seven years is really not a big difference, I just think a 25-year-old male could could be very immature. Right. And those are those seven years in particular are very formative. There are a lot of things happening in your life, in your career. You know, and I say this as someone who's 26. Like I understand <laughs> that I'm not I'm not living the same life as somebody, you know, who's seven years older than me. Yeah. Um and if I were a dude, I don't even, you know, no shade, but it would be an entirely different situation. Totally. I just don't see it for Dean in general though. Okay. So Dean crucially was one of the first four on after the final rose and he said to Rachel, I want to go black and never go back. Which is like probably right. a low point in the show's history, I would say. Truly. It's really I, it's rough. And so it's kind of hard to not look at them as like a potential couple like without like considering the race the racial racial implications partially because dean like made it so like fetishized to begin with i was like you didn't have to do that dude you could have thought of anything else like right. i get that you know anyway and that that feels like it's not a reflection of his age because there's plenty of 25 year old dudes who wouldn't say something like that yeah um but i do i do feel like there's a way that he sort of approaches her in this like very california he's from venice like very like california laid back surfer way where it's like i don't know what to make of you being a black woman but it's kind of cool and interesting um and the show doesn't really get into it like rachel responded really positively to that and was like oh it was really bold you know and i know a lot of black women watching were like, yeah, it was really bold and also a little bit racist. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a word missing here. Um, and I think that's it's been interesting to watch this season not grapple with, I think it grapples with race a little bit, but they kind of haven't gotten into racism as right. a thing. Right, um, And there have been a few opportunities where they could have. Right, and she could have really, you know, she could have said a quick little, like, almost cutesy line about like you know don't do that again or do you know like maybe not or like it didn't have to be kind of like an after school special teachable moment yeah but a quick little retort would have been great and I you know I wonder how much of that is her as a person and how much of it is the editing or the producing or what you know just the sort of mechanics of the show right yeah like maybe like we're not seeing it or something because just by um by waiting so long to have a black bachelor or bachelorette and then like announcing it under fairly un unusual circumstances before the right. season was over right 
um, Rachel being black is a really big deal. Like it's historic, and it it just put, it moves race into the forefront of the show when it was like kind of always like a sub narrative about it, which is that it was so right. white, and right. so it's unavoidable. Yet it's not really being discussed, and I I wonder if it isn't it come up like more directly in the future episode, but yeah. it's. It's sort of like um, a very surreal experience to be like, this is a big deal, and this is already a show that like operates inside its own orbit and like kind of creates its own re- uh, reality, but is ignoring like the biggest storyline like both inside and outside of the show. Definitely, and they, they cut to a teaser clip every once in a while um, that shows her asking one of the contestants, "Have you ever taken a black girl home right, before, right. or introduced her to your parents, or whatever?" Um, and that's interesting. So yeah, maybe we will get a little bit more of it later. But it does feel like you, even if they're not doing a kind of big, isn't this wild? Isn't this intense? Like this is like a big deal. Even if they're not kind of making that so intense right now, they could again nod at least nod to right. what's going on here. Right, um, like and more of like, like an acknowledgement. Right, right. Um, like th- the the contestants are pretty like meticulously diverse, yeah. <laughs> which is interesting. Yeah, like even like you know they have like Iggy, who they uh, not only do they not usually have um, black men, they also don't usually have Hispanic men. Like yeah, it, absolutely. So that is, they had in the first episode like South Asian men. Yeah, I was like, I've never that this doesn't happen. Yeah, it's true. And, and yeah, it's true. Um, the other thing though that's also like kind of complicates the Rachel and Dean thing is that he's young and doesn't seem to be that full of substance so far. Not to like <laughs> shit on him, and she's the opposite. Like Rachel's so right, awesome. right, right. Like she's clearly so smart. She's very poised. She's witty. Like she is a different kind of bachelorette, not just because she's black, but because she's just like a, a, a fuller woman. Like right. in terms of like who she is than pretty much anyone else. Like. There's no one else even really close to her, or at least the, the way they were portrayed. I, I think that, like, that's, like, not to sell any other women short, because I, I think I, I liked them. And, like, Andy Dorfman was also a lawyer and I thought, like, had more substance. But we just didn't really seem to have, like, access to that in the same way that I think Rachel's, like, true, th- like, a 360 view of her as, like, a human is really being put on display. Definitely. And it gives her all the more space to potentially critique or, you right. know, to because you already see her being sort of full and complete and full of herself and aware of who she is in this world and how she walks through it um, in a way that clearly, you know, resonates with people. Yeah. So I I actually think that it would go over well. Yeah. I don't think... And I'm very cautious about saying that in general, black women on TV defending themselves goes over well. I don't, I think frequently it doesn't, but I think Rachel's in a pretty interestingly unique place where she could kind of push back a bit and people would, for the most part, support what she had to say on that front. Yeah. She kind of has like a hundred percent approval rating right now. Yeah. Which is pretty cool to see. Yeah. It is really cool. And I don't know. She's just like, she seems awesome. Like I would like, I would like to hire her for the ringer. (laughs) Please let's do it. Does she want to work with Rachel? If you're listening. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. And I don't know. She just is like, she called Dean a breath of fresh air. Um, Actually, let's roll the clip of her talking about Dean. In walks Dean being a complete breath of fresh air for me. Dean is making me laugh. The conversation is so easy. He makes me very comfortable. So she calls him a breath of fresh air. And it's funny because, like, she is the real breath of fresh air. Right. And I feel like she makes him seem way better than he is. Right. Which, you know, who among us has not made a man seem a little bit better than they are? (laughs) (laughs) I, like, understand that. However, I think Rachel in particular can do better. It's true. And uh, I was doing a deep dive on him. He's a... you know, he seems like a fine person. He li- lives and works in Venice. Went to his Instagram. He seemed fairly basic. Like, you know, just a regular Venice bro. It's such a type right, that, absolutely. that I'm familiar with. And maybe that's what Rachel's into. Who knows? Bless her heart. <laughs> Seriously. Um, 
Okay. Number two most stunning thing about this episode, directly tied to the conversation we were just having, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar showing up. I mean, I don't even know where to begin. As To <laughs> quote Roger Sherman, our colleague, it was truly stunning. Last season, or last year, sorry, a few months ago, hard to keep track of time in Bachelor Nation, um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar wrote a critical article for The Hollywood Reporter about how The Bachelor was like corrupting romance for millennials. Uh, and he also really took issue with their lack of diversity. Lo and behold, episode two, there's a basketball date. And who's the expert that shows up? Frickin' all-time NBA scoring leader, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> um, I was excited, but definitely not as excited as the men. They whooped in a way I had never un- like never seen before. They were like cheering. It was unreal. Let's just play the, kill- the clip of Kareem coming in. <laughs> Kareem Abdul-Jabbar just come through and like, oh, a personal friend, he just comes out. I was on 10. I cannot believe that I'm standing next to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He's the god of basketball. So Kareem wrote a follow-up for The Hollywood Reporter yesterday about why he agreed to do it. Um, and part of it was because they did address some of his concerns by casting Rachel. And so he like felt more comfortable being a part of it because she's not, because A, she's black, and B, because she's so awesome. Um, and it's just like, a stunning reversal. Who knew he could be won over so easily? <laughs> I think my favorite thing that Roger said actually uh, about this reversal uh, is that his uh, Kareem's critique of The Bachelor read like he had watched many, many, many seasons yeah. of it. <laughs> and so, you know, I think that they, by casting Rachel and by sort of addressing some of those concerns, they gave Kareem the permission to actually be enthusiastic about this thing that he had secretly liked a little bit all along. Right. That's a good point. It's like now he could be out in the open with it. And also it is like kind of a dialogue, I suppose. It's just not, not a dialogue so much as like The Bachelor and The Bachelorette have become like very self-aware. So when, right. so when there's someone like Kareem who's as famous and like just like frankly meaningful because he is such a big deal in basketball and basketball is popular, like then there's a way to like get him involved or whatever. So it's like on the one hand, I'm like, wow, this is so cynical. But on the other hand, I'm like, wow, this is really cool. Like, right. Also, imagine having that power. Imagine yeah. saying, like, I wish a show that I watched could do this thing that makes sense it and is meaningful yeah. and, like, not at all trivial. And then having it happen. Like, that's incredible. I know. It is really it is really cool. Like, I I was excited to see Kareem. However, I don't feel they used him as, as well as they could have. Like, all he does is, like, give them some tips and then sits in the crowd with Rachel. And by the you way. You know what? That's probably what I would have wanted to do, frankly. If you were like, I'm also, I'm not Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, so, like, they, I, there's little use for me on this show. But that's, yeah, that's what I would have wanted to do if I were on, is just give people a couple, you know, a little pep talk, a little advice, and then just chill with Rachel. Um, I know. She does seem really fun, and it seemed like they were having a blast on the sideline. (laughs) Um, Which leads me into the number one thing that shocked me about this episode, (laughs) which is that Rachel admitting she doesn't like these guys. Let's just roll this clip. Great guys. The conversations have been a little mundane, but for some reason... We can't turn the corner. You know, I'm not getting the romantic aspect that I need and that I want. Okay. This makes Rachel truly incredible and unprecedented as The Bachelorette. I have been watching the show for a while with too much interest, and I can't <laughs> recall anyone ever flat out being like, these guys are boring, or like, I'm just not into them. And of course, that's why she's having fun with Kareem. He's like actually like an interesting person who I'm sure she was like enjoying talking to. Right, and is relating to her as a human being, and yeah. not like as a person who was on their TV once and they think is cute. <laughs> yeah, it was like incredible. I don't know, I, I loved it so much, and it just makes everything moving forward seem so much more authentic and genuine with her, Yes, because 
she's like just being so real. Uh, that like was kind of her her line this whole episode. Like, let's just right, I want to be gonna, honest. Right. I want to be honest. I want to be real. I, like, I want to keep it a hundred. And like, if any other bachelor had said, "I want to keep it a hundred, I'm like, "All right, sis. Okay, sure." <laughs> you know. But here she is, just like the whole time, kind of being consistent in that way. Yeah. Um, it's it's pretty dope. And also, like these guys, a lot of them do seem like a snooze. I know Josiah like seems sweet. Oh, was really no. into her. No, I wasn't. I was not into his Me whole neither. Okay, what did he do all. to piss you off? Because I wasn't into him either. But I'm curious just, for you. His whole, like, it hurts me when you hurt Rachel. Like, okay, I understand. Empathy is important. (laughs) Yes. Like, that (laughs) seems pretty hard to argue with. Great. I'm not objecting to that. But his, it felt really performative, the way that he was like, I saw Rachel. Yeah. Upset. Like, it hurt me to my core. Like, the way he says core in that scene. Just exhausting. Like, sir, tone it down. Yeah. You know, you can be there for somebody without making it sort of about yourself and about how chivalrous you're going to be in saving her from DeMario. Yeah. Um, And it felt like him capitalizing on... Demario's mistake in the way that Blake is only relevant because he hates Waboom so much. Oh God, God, I just cannot stand Waboom. <laughs> He's really rough. We for, we for, we you know what we forgot to cover was uh, Ashton Kutcher's response to Waboom winning that challenge. Yes. <laughs> Can we roll this clip? Let's just roll the clip. That, what I what? A Waboom. I don't even know what that was. That's the sound that he makes. I'm um, for what? Like excitement. Why? Just because he can. Foul on the play. Um. Okay, so Ashton Kutcher did not care for Waboom and was really confused by him. It was that was really satisfying to watch his face specifically, just incredible, and the way he kind of you know the horn. Bless his heart for that. (laughs) Ashton Kutcher was uninterested. That might have turned him off from the Bachelor. Now that they're fans, it might be over because of (laughs) Waboom. That was okay. Really, rough. I don't see it for Waboom. Like, obviously, I think he's annoying. You know, all the critiques that you could have of this outlandish, like, overgrown frat boy of a contestant, fine. But Blake's entire character thing on the show is that he hates Waboom and is going to save Rachel from like the fakeness that is Waboom. Which, like, we all have eyes. Rachel has eyes. Fine. She, yeah. if she, if you are gleaning this from this man, I'm sure Rachel is too. Totally. And that's how I felt about Josiah's thing. I was like, we get it. Tomorrow hurt her. She can see that. You don't need to do this sort of long spiel, performative, whatever it is you're doing. Right. And, like, it's one thing to have someone be like, are you okay? And, like, check in on you. Right. It's like she doesn't need, doesn't need this, like, coddling bro. Back off. Right. She's like, she was, she was not the one who was in the relationship with him for however long and then found out that he was going behind your back. Like, all things considered, this is not the worst of heartbreaks and the worst of disappointments. There's still however many dudes around. Like, yeah. She's coming know, out just fine. Right. Just fine. Blake is like kind of the most pathetic because he's just so obsessed with getting rid of Waboom. And just like, dude, he's not going to win. It's fine. Like, play it cool and be you. Right. Also, isn't Blake the one who said that he wanted to like go on a sexual journey with yeah. Rachel or something? Yeah. He's yeah. The one like, who's let's, let's cool it, dude. Yeah. I really don't like him. I, I hate him more than I hate Waboom, in fact. Because <laughs> I know Waboom will be gone. Yeah, absolutely. I bet Blake leaves before Waboom, actually, or at the oh. same time. Let us hope. Also, the whole bit about how Blake is Waboom's ex-girlfriend's roommate or something like that like (laughs) unnecessary it also reminds me of at the beginning of the episode or i think it was um or maybe it was last episode where all the sort of old bachelor contestants said that they knew somebody and that their intentions weren't good yeah pure bring it back around i know it's blake is like okay is it is an archetype of like the guy is too worried but doesn't really (laughs) doesn't have his own shtick Right, he's rough. He's definitely out. Who do you, so Peter was like kind of. We didn't even talk about Peter because I, I, um, 
find him boring. But P- Peter... Peter's fine. Yeah, Peter and Rachel had a one-on-one. They went to Palm Springs. They went hung out with their dog. Peter is very handsome. Peter is right. like the annoying kind of like attainable hot, attainable model hot. Like he yes. doesn't look like a Ralph Lauren model, but he is like model level hot. Definitely. That's um, like very LA hot. Yeah. Yeah. He. I'm not into him. I, I'm not not into him. I'm just like, okay, fine, Peter. He's, he, Peter and Dean seem like they're the front runners right now. Which is wild to me. I know. Like they both are, I mean, you know, Dean, I don't like Dean obviously, but they are fine. I know. They're, they're fine. fine. They don't seem good enough for Rachel. Yeah. Not at all. Not at all. I don't know why I weirdly like Fred. You do like bit. Fred. I don't know why. Fred's I think the one from camp. something endearing about him. Yeah. Who Rachel's like, I either weren't, she was like, this was another like interesting um, moment where like they kind of talked about race, but then immediately pulled back from it. She was yes. like, there weren't a lot of black kids at camp. So I remember you. Right. And that could have been like, you know, similar to The Bachelor, there aren't a lot of black people on The Bachelor. Right. <laughs> but, so you remember. <laughs> yeah. But they didn't like really lean into it. They acknowledge it. And then it's like kind of like when you accidentally make eye contact and then immediately look away. That's kind mm-hmm. of like what happened in this scenario. How, that's kind of how this show handles race in general. Yeah. So far. So, yeah. Um, yeah. He's he seems like interesting and nice. I like Kenny a lot. And I was upset that he didn't win the husband material. I like Kenny race. too. Kenny is the dad, and he does. He did yeah. seem like the wrestler. He also seems which, proud to be a dad, which I feel yes. like a lot of these shows, a lot of this time on the show, the parents um, kind of make it like it's part like the way that it comes up on the show. It's like kind of like um, like an accessory, like oh, I have a kid. But for him, right. it's like his identity. He's like talking about his right. daughter a lot, and he seems like very proud of it, which right. is very sweet. And even the way that he talks about his daughter sort of being involved in, you know, his dating processes in general, like this isn't, he's not coming, you know, he's very much a package deal. Yeah. Uh, and it, it feels great that he centers that. Totally. I know. He is a nice guy. I hope we get more Kenny. We just mm-hmm. need a little bit less of these novelties, less, less Waboom, less Blake and less Demario. Although obviously yeah. we're getting more of him next week. Oh, I'm determined once he's off this show to get, get him on this podcast though. We, we need to hear from the people's champ, Demario. I think if we frame it as him telling his side of the story... We, we could definitely do it. Demario, I agree. You know. Thanks for believing in me, Hannah. Thanks for believing in this <laughs> anytime, show. Anytime. Um, thanks for coming on. It was great to chat with you. Definitely. Thanks for having me. It's been a blast. Of course. Thanks for listening. I'll be back next Tuesday as always. And um, I promise to never yell waboom. Hotel tonight. Remember, things change, the weather changes, your mood definitely changes, and if you're Demario, your girlfriend changes too. So why lock yourself into hotel plans that might change? With Hotel Tonight, you don't have to because you'll get incredible deals on awesome hotels even at the last minute. Booking on Hotel Tonight gives you the freedom and flexibility to play things by ear while knowing you'll score a great price and a great place to stay. So download the Hotel Tonight app to find amazing deals right now.